1: You are listening to the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball Podcast, where we use our expertise in the world of sports, as well as medicine, to bring you the most up-to-date injury news and analysis. Hello and welcome to Episode 10 of the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball Podcast. I am Brandon Bowers, a doctor of physical therapy, and joining me, as always, to co-host this wonderful show is Dr. Physical Therapy, Drew Ingalls. Drew, it's been a couple weeks since, since we sat down and recorded a podcast. How you been? I've been good. We're going to be talking about a lot of big injuries today. A lot of big names. Uh, if we look back to Episode 9, we'll hit on some of those injuries that we discussed then as well. Uh, last week, if you missed our Episode 9, uh, we had the opportunity to sit down with Tommy John and Dr. Tommy John to discuss the youth injury epidemic, and as well as Dr. Tommy John's book, uh, minimize injury and maximize performance. And, and, and drew that, I mean, that was just great that they were able to take time out of their schedules and sit down with us and chat about some injuries.
0: Oh, for sure. And, uh, you know, um, uh, Tommy John Jr. Uh, he's got a lot of great ideas and, uh, you know, he's, you know, hopefully helping a lot of kids out and, and definitely teaching some their parents, a lot of, uh, good ideas to, uh, save these kids arms.
1: Yeah, and so again, if you missed episode nine, uh, we sat down with Tommy John and Dr. Tommy John. Again, Dr. Tommy John's book is Minimize Injury and Maximize Performance, and he's got a nice little website uh, called DontCutMyKid.com. So uh, with that, we're going to jump in here and chat about the injuries here for week 10, or not week 10, episode 10 rather, and we're going to kick things off here with
0: Michael Fulmer, Drew. So the pitcher for the Detroit Tigers – He injured his left oblique during a midweek bullpen throwing session on July the 20th. MRI showed a grade one strain, so uh, the least uh, severe strain. He has started a throwing program on flat ground, uh, so I would expect some rehab starts uh, over the next couple weeks as long as things are progressing well. I don't expect the Tigers to rush him back anytime soon just because the season seems to be... Well out of reach for that uh, wild card spot.
1: Yeah, so a guy there who's, I mean, kind of the go-to guy in their rotation. He's he's dealt with injuries in the past, and and here we've got the oblique strand for Fulmer. Steven Strasburg, a little bit bigger name for the Washington Nationals, has been dealing with a pinched nerve in his neck. He was placed on the disabled list back on July 25th. He has resumed throwing as of the July 30th update. And I was doing a little digging around, Drew, and I found that this is Strasburg's 12th trip to the, to the disabled list since he started his career in 2009. So a guy who Ooh. every year <laughs> seems, seems to be finding himself on the shelf. Um, as far as how he's doing here with the pinched nerve, he received a scaling nerve block shot uh, not too long ago, and that seemed to help things uh, feel a little bit, little bit better. They tried to medicate him at the beginning of the season to see if that would knock things back. And, you know, Drew, just given the profession that you and I work in, you got I, I would presume that they're, they're hopefully going through some physical therapy, but from what Strasburg was saying, it seems like they've gone medication and now the shots. So, um, hopefully he's yeah. getting some physical therapy.
0: Yeah, you'd hope so. And if you look back at uh, a former Washington National, Jordan Zimmerman, a pitcher for the Detroit Tigers, he uh, he dealt with some similar issues earlier this season and similarly uh, tried the injection route. And, you know, he bounced back from it, but he ultimately needed another one during the All-Star break. Um, So just you kind of have to kind of keep an eye on that as Washington kind of gears towards a little playoff push. Yeah, I mean, Strasburg's
1: certainly going to be hopefully a fixture in the rotation. He's only made 14 starts this year, posting a 6-7 mm-hmm. and seven record and, and a 3.90 ERA. So he hasn't been able to, to stay off, off the disabled list. But when he can, I mean, just given the Steven Strasburg of years past, I mean, he, he's certainly a fixture in that rotation that, that Washington's going to need to rely on heavily here as we push towards the postseason. Mm-hmm. Another big name who we discussed in a previous episode, mm-hmm. I, I believe, Drew, is Chris Bryant and his shoulder has bothered him uh, for a decent portion here of the season more recently. What can you tell us about his shoulder?
0: Yeah, it sounds like we've been talking about the shoulder for all of July. He returned back from the DL back on the 11th of July after missing 16 games. Um, He came back after the All-Star break break just for a handful of games. He gets back on the DL on July the 26th, 10-day DL. Um, MRI came back clean. So they're just dealing with some left shoulder inflammation. So it's not his throwing arm, but obviously it's going to be more bothersome while batting. Uh, and last report is that he had a cortisone injection to help decrease some of the inflammation. So I would expect him to probably come back within the next couple of days here. You yeah, have a big
1: fixture there at the Cubs at the hot corner and Chris Bryant, so hopefully he's back soon. Mm-hmm. Aaron Judge for the Yankees was hit on the wrist by a pitch and broke his wrist. Uh, he was diagnosed with a chip fracture in his right wrist to the ulnar styloid bone, so that's kind of the, the tip of the, the ulna. Uh, no surgery was required, which kind of indicates that the, that the bone was not displaced. It hadn't shifted or anything, so a uh, relatively small break here that should heal on its own. The team is estimating at approximately uh, three weeks before he's swinging a bat in game action. So just a little bump here in the road for Aaron Judge and the Yankees. Obviously, they're fighting with there in the AL East with the Red Sox to win the division because they know that the loser and the second-place manager in the division is going to end up in a wild-card spot and, and risks going home early in that one-game playoff scenario. Jose Altuve. Uh, down in Houston dealing with a knee injury. Drew, I hadn't seen a whole lot as to the details of this injury, so uh, if you have any additional information and would like to enlighten us, uh, go right ahead.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, Brandon. I haven't seen much. Um, I don't know if the Houston Astros are keeping things close to the vest, but uh, the injury occurred on July 25th. Uh, He was just simply running the second base for a double, came up a little gimpy. Um, he's eligible to return on Sunday, August the 5th. Um, I haven't heard anything that, uh, things aren't leaning towards that. Um, you know, there wasn't really a true mechanism of injury that you'd be wor- worried about ligament, ligaments or meniscus. Um, it could have been just a simple strain, uh, or simple sprain. Uh, so, uh, I mean, Jose Altuve, he hasn't been on the DL his whole career, so this is kind of a surprise, uh, first and foremost. But um, all, you know, I can't really say, well, I would say all things are pointing to him returning, but I can't really say either way. Uh, Since we haven't heard any significant news, I would say, you know, the the little news that we have is good news.
1: Now, Drew, I I know you mentioned that you didn't really know or, or see anything in terms of a mechanism and inj- injury, did you get to see the video? And I, I mean, there was just nothing that was, that was jumping off the page at you. I, I, I haven't seen it. So no. I was just curious if you no. had, if, if you saw anything.
0: Yeah, nothing's jumping out of it. Um, it was just kind of an odd situation and uh, you know, it just nothing clear about it. I mean, especially with with a guy like Altuve
1: on on the reigning World Series champs, a guy that plays a big role for them. So I I, I guess we, along with all you listeners, will keep our eyes peeled to see if there's any new information that comes down the pipeline over over the next couple of days. Nomar Maraza for the Texas Rangers uh, sustained a a thumb sprain when it was placed on the disabled list on July 20th. Uh, As of the update that the team provided on July 28th, he was swinging a bat. Um, the initial injury did occur while he was trying to make a sliding catch against Baltimore, um, a couple weeks ago, uh, and a corresponding move, the Rangers called up their number two prospect, Willie Calhoun. Uh, and he hasn't fared too bad. He's played in 12 games, batting two fifty with nine hits and four RBI. Uh, Miraza seems to be tracking as expected. The good news here from Drew is he he was swinging a bat just as of a few days ago. Um, so that's important. Uh, but he, he seems to be kind of tracking along here as expected.
0: Up, seems to be uh, on the right track for him.
1: If we look here to the New York Mets, Drew, the, the injury carousel seems to keep spinning round and round and round, and uh, Jonas Cespedes, Cespedes here for the Mets uh, has to have some heel surgery. Uh, what can you tell us here about the, the procedure that he has to have and, and what's going on with Cespedes? <laughs>
0: Yeah, so he's been off and on um, the DL with, you know, various injuries, uh, you know, ranging from uh, hip issues to now the heel issues. And so there was some, you know, theory that he might not have to have surgery and kind of have to wait and see. Uh, But ultimately, uh, the Mets decided that, uh, well, he actually got a couple of opinions. And so he's going to see Dr. Robert Anderson out of Green Bay. And they're gonna opt for surgery due to calcification in uh, both heels. So this is gonna be uh, a two-part surgery. And uh, the first one, um, I believe is gonna be pretty soon here. I think they're doing the right heel first and then they're going to do the left one in about two or three months. Uh, And the rehab process is gonna be eight to 10 months. So we're looking at probably And I don't know the exact protocol for this, but you got to think that he's got to be at least, I don't know, a good maybe two months non-weight-bearing at least. And that's why, you know, there's such a lengthy process going uh, for the rehab for for Jonas. Yeah, I mean, tough situation. And you look at a guy here who's going to be
1: expected to return in eight to 10 months. I mean, that puts us, into next season and then you got to figure he's going to have to go on some sort of lengthy rehab assignment because he's not going to get the typical spring training at bats uh, and game action that he normally would. So, I mean, they're they're saying eight to 10 months, but I mean, to be honest, Drew, it wouldn't surprise me if it takes a little bit longer, but
0: he's going to be so behind everybody else that I mean. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, eight to 10 months would be the earliest and, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he missed the whole season next year it's a bummer
1: because i mean he's a guy when he when he's healthy i mean he he can be pretty darn effective there for the mets and i mean the, the mets and their injury woes oh, just yeah. hasn't gone their, their way this year <laughs> I
0: mean, uh, looking here like at kevin
1: <laughs> exactly so i mean I, i'm sure mets fans are are up in arms and i mean probably have almost just come to expect it at this point um yeah. just as much as you've come to expect the tigers losing to the indians
0: well, um, we all knew what you know, what was going to happen ultimately, so I'm not surprised yeah. about this. Injuries you can't predict. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew that's that's well, very yeah. true. <laughs> very, very true. Uh, Kevin Kiermeyer drew for
1: the Rays. Uh, has been dealing with a bone bruise in his foot, uh, and this seemed to flare up on him more recently. But this initial injury dates back to April when he fouled a ball off his right foot. Uh, it was a pretty significant bruise. Uh, X-rays who are negative and he was in a walking boot for a period of time. Um, he wasn't placed on the DL. Um, this More recently, he's been batting 276 over seven games since taking a couple of days off uh, with this more – more recent kind of uh, flare up of the bone bruise. So, I mean, he seems to be doing all right here recently. His average for the season isn't looking too hot, uh, but over the past 7 games since he took a couple of days off for this foot, he he has been batting 276. So, a guy there on the on, on the Rays that we've we've talked about in previous episodes, episodes out there in center field. I mean, he he can sure fly uh and and really do good things down there in Florida for the Rays. Um, coming back up here to the state of Ohio down to Cincinnati, the queen city, Alex Blandino tore his ACL drew. It's something that, I mean, you and I both know we see pretty commonly in the outpatient orthopedic sports rehab setting. Uh, so talk a little bit about this injury and what we can expect to see from a rehab perspective, uh, kind of
0: as what you're doing as as a physical therapist. Yeah, so um, he's a second baseman uh, for the Reds, and he was trying to turn a double play. And, uh, you know, the batter or the, the runner trying to slide into second. His cleats got stuck, uh, and he kind of basically rolled right into Blandino, similar to, like, a offensive lineman getting rolled up on um, while blocking. Um, so, essentially, he's going to be out. Uh, you know, I've seen some reports a little bit um, – less than the typical uh you know 10 month range some are saying eight months uh players heal at their at different paces like we've seen adrian peterson come back to football in what six to eight months we've others we've seen other athletes take more than a year it's just very it's going to vary for him uh the fortunate thing about uh you know the rehab for the baseball for baseball player might be a little less lengthy in regards to you have to wait a little bit longer to worry about you know more so contact injuries. Obviously, this was kind of freak because uh, you don't really see too many ACL injuries in baseball. But essentially, you know you're going to go through a protocol where you, you start with some of the basics in regards to range of motion. Once you get that achieved all the way, you know you work on some general strengthening, and then eventually around the four month mark. Uh, fit, you know, uh fourth, four basically four through six months, you're going to work on return to play. So it's just based on a protocol that you're going to follow. That's why we have to, um, you know, uh, take our time with this one and make sure that it heals properly. Uh, so he should be ready. Let's see if we're looking at time length wise, probably All Star break next year would be a, a conservative, a, a conservative date for him.
1: It seems like it, it, it would be pretty realistic. Obviously, it won't be ready for, for the start of the year in spring training. But, I mean, it's just one of those things, that, as you mentioned, you don't see a whole lot of in, in baseball – uh, so when it does happen in baseball, your your eyes kind of perk up and your ears perk up a little bit. So, um, Sean Doolittle here for Washington has been dealing with a stress reaction in his foot, which essentially the stress reaction is just the precursor to the stress fracture. So, uh, if you catch it as a stress reaction, you've you've caught it before it gets to the actual fracture. Uh, he was placed on the this, on the disabled list on July 10th. And had an MRI more recently on July 30th to kind of look to see how he was progressing. And this most recent MRI uh, did not show any change in the status of his stress reaction. So he's still kind of in a holding pattern uh, for for Washington here. And the team says he's quote unquote weeks away from returning. Um, so a tough blow for the National Nationals in their bullpen here with, with Doolittle on the shelf uh, moving forward here. Mm-hmm. Going out to the West Coast with Justin Turner, a guy, again, another guy, Drew, who we seem like what we talk about often uh, has been dealing with
0: a groin strain. Yeah, so he's been off and on with this groin strain. Um, On the 22nd of July, he exited uh, and ended up on the 10-day DL on the 23rd. Um, He's slated to return, I think, potentially tomorrow, today or tomorrow, Um, Things were all pointing to a return, you know, with with some of these soft tissue injuries, you worry about their recurrence. And obviously for for Justin Turner, it's been a problematic thing for him. You know, fortunately, the Dodgers traded for uh, Machado. So uh, they definitely have some, uh, you know, backup uh, for Turner here in the time being. But um, it's just something to keep an eye on for for Justin. And, um, you know. Uh, as long as things are, are healing well for him, uh, he should be good to go. Very good. Blake
1: Snell uh, for Tampa again. We talked about Kiermaier a little bit earlier, so now we've got Blake Snell here. Was has been dealing with some left shoulder fatigue. Uh, he was placed on the disabled list on July 23rd. Uh, through a bullpen session just yesterday, August 1st. The team has announced, and the manager, uh, Cash, has, has announced that he will return Saturday uh, and not go through a rehab stint. Uh, it just seemed like he, he was just getting a little fatigued. Nothing structurally wrong with his shoulder, Drew. Uh, but he's coming back on Saturday, and it, it's a good thing because he's kind of towards the front of that rotation now that uh, Chris Archer was dealt to the Pirates, and then Nathan Ovaldi got traded as well. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Blake Snell figures to be now at the front of that rotation.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, he's going to be the uh, stud for the race for the next couple of years.
1: You know, Drew, he was a guy, too, that he almost got snubbed from going to the All-Star game because I don't think he was initially voted in, um, yeah. and then I don't think it was until I think Corey Kluber said he wasn't going to pitch in the All-Star game that, that Snell finally got in.
0: Yeah, he pitched. he's pitched phenomenally this year, and, uh, you know, he should have been voted in initially, but fortunately he got in uh, because of some alternatives. Yeah, so good.
1: Good here for Schnell. Brett Sutter for Milwaukee. Drew uh, the dreaded words that a baseball pitcher doesn't want to hear. Uh, a UCL tear. UCL tear here for uh, Brent Sutter from for the Brewers. Uh, what can you tell us about when he's having a surgery and when we can expect to see him back?
0: So surgery was on the thirty-first of uh, July. So a couple days ago. Um, and so we are going to well. Just kind of backtrack, he he kind of he dealt with some forearm tightness earlier in the year. Uh, and you know, they kind of let things play out, complained of it again, uh, late July the 22nd, and then ultimately they they, they confirmed the UCL tear. So, tears, uh, the surgery has already been uh completed, and so we're looking at a year timeline for him to return. Another guy that we uh you know didn't put on our pre list, uh uh injury list is johnny cueto the pitcher for the san francisco um san francisco giants he also tours ucl uh and he is going to have surgery as well
1: and cueto is a guy who kind of went the conservative route and i believe he got a prp injection earlier in the year and and tried to kind of work through it and obviously
0: it didn't end well so he pitched lights uh, out. I mean and then he came back and he, you know, lost some control, lost some velocity. And uh, you know, obviously um we're looking at that UCL tear for uh, Tommy John surgery.
1: I mean, it makes you worry too about a guy we'll chat about later in the show in our injury review that seems to come up every week is Shohei Otane, hmm. who's kind of undergoing the same process right now with the conservative route. Obviously, he's mm-hmm. not pitching currently. Uh, But we'll we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, Jesse Winker for the Reds uh, has dealt with, I guess, right shoulder subluxations over over the course of the past few years. Uh, He has elected to undergo surgery, which will end his season. Mason Williams was called up from AAA. um, And and Winker was having a, a quietly a nice season in his first full season in the bigs, playing 89 games, batting 299, seven home runs and 43 RBI. Uh, so when you when you deal with the subluxation of the shoulder, obviously, Drew, you can deal with potential damage to the labrum, to the glenoid rim and mm-hmm. even to the to the head of the humerus. Uh, the team hasn't really indicated what the surgery was designed to address. Uh, so whichever one of those in, impairments he's dealing with, obviously, is what the surgery would be designed to to repair. But it's just unfortunate we see guys who, who are playing so well, especially young guys
0: here in, in Winker, who, who their seasons get cut short. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, off to a great start, like you said, for a team that struggled in the Reds and for him to come in uh, and and play very well for for a team that hasn't you know, been as competitive as of late, uh, you know, makes that team uh, pretty optimistic starting next year. Moving on to Brandon Belt in
1: San Francisco, uh, hyperextended his knee. Uh, Drew, can you tell us a little bit about the injury and, and kind of where he's at in the rehab
0: process? Yeah, so he's trying to beat out a single, uh, hyperextended his right knee. Um, Initial testing didn't reveal any ligamentous damage, which is, you know, you kind of worry about. If you remember Ronald uh, Acuna Jr. earlier in the season, he had a really nasty hyperextension injury, uh, and he was out for a couple weeks. Um, uh, So Brandon Bell, he was diagnosed with a bone bruise, uh, and so uh, that can linger for a while um, if you – I mean – one in particular comes to mind for crossing, uh, sports is, um, Oh boy. I'm blanking on him right now. Sam Bradford, Sam Bradford. Thank you. Uh, he dealt with uh, bone bruise for quite some time and, and it's, it can be pretty problematic when, you know, especially, uh, more so with, with running obviously, rather than, you know, some of the subtleties with fielding, but, um, not a lot of information has been out, you know, in regards to his rehab, if he's been, you know, running or fielding or uh, anything of that nature. So it's going to be kind of a wait and see approach, uh, I would assume. And we'll probably get some more information uh, within the next week.
1: And I mean, the problem with the bone is, I mean, outside of rehab and just waiting there's not, a, not really a whole lot that can be done to accelerate it. I mean, it's just like almost like a bruise you get externally on the outside of your body. You just kind of got to wait it out. And when it resolves, it resolves. Yep. Chris Sale for Boston, uh, dealing with shoulder inflammation. Uh, the beloved Boston Red Sox for Dr. Jesse Morris, one of our colleagues here at the fantasy doctors. He was placed on the disabled list on July 31st, just a couple of days ago. Uh, again, dealing with some irritation in that shoulder. He's only expected to miss one start. So it doesn't appear that the team is too terribly concerned. Uh, so he should be back here before too long. Again, a team that's, that's gutting it out here against the Yankees and the least to make sure that they win the division as opposed to having to play in the wild card game. So, Sale on the DL on July 31st and only expected to miss one start. Jumping into our injury review where we look back at injuries that we've discussed in previous episodes and provide you all with updates on how these players are are moving along. Yasiel Puig for the Dodgers dealt with an oblique strain um, and he returned to the lineup on July 28th. He hasn't started off too hot. He's two for 10 in his first four games back. Uh, he's been playing every day. He's played four consecutive days, so no restrictions here for Puig. Um, I don't anticipate this will give him trouble here down down the line in the future. Uh, he is back, but kind of slowly getting back into the groove of things. Uh, the initial injury occurred back on the ninth of July, so he missed two to two to three weeks. So, grade one strain here for mm-hmm. Puig that has healed quite nicely. Um, Drew, in, our, in our, I believe it was our previous episode, we discussed Kevin Pilar. Uh, who was dealing with a sc joint sprain? Has a has Toronto provided any updates on his status?
0: Yeah, so uh, you know, initially I was a little pessimistic when I saw you know um, you know the injury and the diagnosis. I, I thought this might be a lengthier rehab for him. But um, injured the uh, sc joint mid July, and they put a timetable of of him being out four to six weeks. Uh, so he was in a sling. Now he's out of the sling, and he's got full arm, uh, full shoulder range of motion, which is which is awesome. And he's been throwing, running, and he has just started a swing progression. So we'll kind of have to see how he responds to swinging a bat. And if all is well, I would assume maybe a quick little uh, AAA rehab start, and then uh, if that goes well, getting back in the center field for the Blue Jays.
1: All right, very well. So moving moving along nicely there for Pilar. Albert Pujols with the Angels was dealing with a bit of a knee issue uh, when we chatted a couple weeks ago. Uh, he was dealing with some left knee inflammation, was originally placed on the disabled list on July 13th and received a PRP or platelet-rich plasma injection. He was expected to return uh, immediately following the 10-day DL stint, and he did just that. He came back on July 23rd, exactly 10 days after he was placed on the DL, and he's been tearing the cover off the ball, batting 308 on uh, his slash line. His slash line .308, .308, .346. So, he doesn't seem to have be having any ill effects at, as a result of the knee. Again, a guy who's getting up there in age. So, uh, even though nothing may physically be structurally wrong from from the ligaments and, and the meniscus standpoint. He's probably got some arthritis that's beginning to develop in there. So something to keep an eye on but shouldn't cause him long-term problems. Drew, here we are with our last injury review. Again, we hit, we hit on him a little bit earlier. I'll let you take the floor here with Shohei Otane.
0: Yeah, so uh, we talked about him uh, in, in regards to uh, getting back to pitching, he has started a throwing program, and he has bumped that up to 110 feet. Uh, and reports are that he's improving his velocity. Uh, and that's all I've got right now. They haven't set a definitive um, um, return to pitching in regards to you know some of the the timeline in regards to throwing off a mound, throwing off a half mound uh, throwing at particular feet. Uh, so it's just kind of wait and see. And I, I you know, my assumption is that they're going to keep progressing and keep seeing how he's tolerating and if all as well, they're going to keep pushing, pushing, pushing.
1: It's just one of those things, Drew. I mean, it, it's got me worried. And I'm not sure how you feel about it, but I oh, mean, yeah. unfortunately, I think
0: it's just a ticking time bomb. I agree. And we I think we said this probably like two months ago or however long it was ago that you should probably just do it, do surgery and get it over with. And uh, but, you know, do each is their own. And if they feel like, you know, the conservative route is the best route, then then that's awesome. But uh, I just hope that it doesn't tear if they spend all this time rehabbing. Yeah, So, I mean, we'll keep an eye on his status and as he continues to work
1: his way through the throwing progression and and fingers crossed and doesn't get any worse for Otani. Oh, yeah. Uh, Moving on to our quick hits hits segment here, we're chatting about the disabled list numbers on the season Uh, this week. uh, The most disabled list days crown goes to the Texas Rangers at 1,262 days lost due to the disabled list. Uh, with $18.1 million accounted for those 1,262 days, a little bit smaller payroll than the, I believe it was the Nationals uh, who were somewhere in the neighborhood of the high 20 millions when they led this list a couple of weeks ago. Most disabled list players that have been placed on the DL goes also to the Rangers at 24, with the least number of disabled list days going to the Cubs at 423 days. And then the least number of disabled list stints or or players placed on the disabled list goes to a tie between the Houston Astros and the Chicago White Sox. So obviously we don't like seeing people hurt, but I mean, that's why you and I are, you and I are employed. So, I mean, it it kind of allows us to have a livelihood and and make money, I guess, but um, not a good list to be on here. And as we said, the Rangers leading the not so good list. And then you've got the Cubs Astros and White Sox leading on the good list with
0: minimal injuries. Rodriguez with the ankle sprain so they got a couple nice pitchers um that are uh, on the shelf right now and then if we move to the al central just quickly we've got the um cleveland indians up 10 games over the minnesota twins and there's no sign of them slowing down and then lastly we've got houston uh, out in the west they're five games up um and seattle and oakland are, are um vying for that second wild card spot and um surprises Oakland to be honest with you how how well they played um and it looks like my prediction for the twins is going to not hold true because they sold off just about half uh half the team um so moving to the NL we've got the Philadelphia Phillies this now the NL is pretty tight throughout the Phillies are up uh, by a half game to the uh, Atlanta Braves we've got the Cubs up one game to the Brewers. And then Arizona and LA are tied at the top of the division out in the West. So if all things held true, we've got the well, you got the playing game for Arizona and LA, but then the the wild card we've got the Milwaukee Brewers and the Atlanta Braves. And then out west, I mean, we only got a couple games that well, actually, the couple teams that are just outside of the playoffs would be uh, we got the Colorado Rockies, the San, Frans- San Francisco Giants, and then. Uh, the Washington Nationals. They're all within five games of their respective division. I think we predicted mostly the, the uh, you know, the division winners in the AL. You know, the NL is kind of, uh, you know, we'll see how that shakes out. But uh, I think that we made the majority of the picks. But moving on to the players who are hot and not, we've got surprise, surprise, Cole Calhoun's back in the hot list. He's betting <laughs> a, a, a blistering 414, got four home runs, 10 RBIs. He is smoking the ball. Staying out west, we got Chris Davis for the Oakland Athletics. Eight home runs in 11 games. He's just smashing. And then if we move to the NL, Trey Turner for the Washington Nationals. He's batting 400. He's got six steals. He's looking really good uh, for them. And then for the players who are not so hot right now, unfortunately, we've got Nicholas Castellanos, outfielder for the Detroit Tigers. He's won for his last 19. And then we move to the NL with Bert uh, Almora, he's won for his last 17, the outfielder for the Cubs. Uh, he only does have uh, one strikeout in those 17 at-bats, so maybe it's just some bad luck for him. And then um, lastly, we've got a pitcher for the New York Yankees, Luis Severino. He's 0-2 in his last uh, two starts with 11.57 ERA, so not what you want from your, from your ace. Drew,
1: I've got a question for you. When it comes to putting together these lists for for the players of who's hot and who's not, I mean, what's your method? I mean, I mean, where where are you looking? How are you coming up with these lists? Is there a site that has this all laid out of the guys who who have had good past couple of weeks, or how do you put this together?
0: Yeah, there's a. I mean, I'll uh, I'll look on um, the fantasy baseball website that I use. So you know, I'll look at. I mean. Usually my team does pretty good, so I'll look at my team first and just see you know who's playing well and if I think that you know they're a uh, you know one of the better players I'll mention them. But there is a website that I use. Uh, let me pull it up real quick. I think it's actually the MLB. Uh, the MLB com has a has a fantasy website uh, or fantasy tab that uh, they give a list of player who's hot and who's not. Like uh, you know, Mike Trout just got on the list today. Um, so it varies throughout Jose Ramirez. I mean, I could talk about the same people each time, you know, based on how well they're doing, but I like to mix it up right. a little
1: bit. There you go. So there you all have the inside scoop about how drew does his magic there. And similarly, um, with that, we're well, similarly, I'll look go at my ahead, team Drew
0: and, and if someone's doing bad, I'll, you know, I'll say, Oh, well, like I've got Nicholas Castellanos on my team, Luis Severino on my team. And, you know, the stud Cole Calhoun. So It's just easy to include those
1: guys, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of a one-stop shop. You just look at your roster, and you can put together a list pretty
0: quickly. (laughs) You got
1: it. With that, we're sprinting towards the finish line here of Episode 10 of the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball Podcast. As always, thanks each and every one of you for listening. Uh, Drew, do you have any final thoughts here for the listeners before we sign off?
0: Not a whole lot. Just, uh, you know, we had a fun little period of the trade deadline and, uh, you know, some players transferred uh, from, you know, potential losers to contenders. And uh, it should be an interesting little ride towards uh, October.
1: There we have it. Next time we will be sitting down with you guys. All of you will be around mid-August. Typically we record every other Thursday. So we're looking at a potential record date of August 16th. So keep an eye out for episode 11. Uh, Be sure to follow us all on Twitter at TheFantasyDRS. At BL Bowers 12 for myself and at Drew Ingalls. Ingles is spelled I N G E L S. Be sure to check out the Fantasy Doctors website at www.thefantasydoctors.com and please download and review our podcast on iTunes. With that, that is all for episode 10 of the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball Podcast. On behalf of Drew Ingalls, I am Brandon Bowers and we'll talk to you in a couple
0: weeks.